Welcome to the OA Lighter Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Bob. I'm a compulsive overeater. My name is Bob. Hi, Bob. Uh, my first sponsor uh, used to say this little prayer. It always helps me get centered. Uh, God, please give me the ability to speak clearly, tell the truth, and carry a message of hope to somebody tonight. And uh, life is good today. It's uh, it's real different today. I, a little basic format my first sponsor taught me was uh, the, what it was like, what happened, how you got here, and what it's like today. And Hopefully somebody can use some of that information. And uh, it's, I, I've been uh, doing a jail panel uh, in another fellowship for a number of years. I never know if they get anything out of it, but I know when I walk out of there, I always like the feeling I got when I walked out of jail. And, and uh, it's nicer to be there for an hour. <laughs> and, uh, I go way back to when, you know, a lot of us have uh, a lot of the family stuff in common, uh, like... Uh, no, I don't blame my family for anything. It may have been a little dysfunctional, and food was a centerpiece. You know, the, uh, I've heard so many people say the same thing. It's like if something was wrong, it's, you know, oh, well, we'll eat this. It'll make it better. And if something was good, well, let's celebrate. Let's eat this. And uh, it was like this uh, little bundle of energy. I remember being this little kid with just this hard pot belly, you know, and it was like we'd have these get-togethers, family get-togethers, and, and people would marvel at how much I would eat, and, and, and uh, you know, my w- belly would get like a watermelon, you could thump on it, and I, and I would show off, you know, and uh, so anyway, uh, I, I, when I started putting on weight, uh, finally, as like kids started teasing me and stuff, and, and uh, 7th and 8th grade were pretty unhappy, we moved here from West Virginia, and it was... Uh, not exactly like the Beverly Hillbillies, but it was a real culture shock. You know, it was uh, it was really, you know we we talked different, our handwriting was different. It was it was pretty weird to uh, to come here to Southern California, at uh, and it uh, it was not a happy time. Uh, when I got to high school, everything changed. I uh, I went out for football, and it was like I got knocked around a lot when I was a kid. You know, I, it was like my big brother. He always did what was right. Followed the rules, paid attention. My dad could teach him all this stuff, and I'm always getting smacked in the back of the head. You know what the f is wrong with you? I, was, I never did know the answer to that. You know, it's like you're asking the wrong person. But, uh, but you know, and my, my I don't get to pronounce my dad an alcoholic. He was a heavy drinker, and, and you know, it's like I learned from the family dog. When when my dad started getting loud, the dog would get behind the couch, and I would go with the dog. And, and, and uh, so anyway, I get to, I get to high school, and I'm playing football, and the coach spotted me right away. It was like it was my turn. You know, now I got somebody giving me attitude boys for hurting people and he used me like a torpedo you know it was somebody was scoring too many points you know it was, it was my job he showed me how to hurt people you know and not get caught and and that was like that was that was good it was uh you know he he liked having me and i and i liked playing that role uh, so i uh, he even he even told us how to put weight on you know he told us the places to eat where you got the biggest portions and all you can eat and everything and well, I remember this guy once, he complained about our game shirts. The, the neck was too loose. 
And he told the guy, you've got to spend more time on the weight pile. You've got to get your neck bigger. There's nothing wrong with the shirt. You know? And uh, it was like, I bulked up pretty good. And, and uh, food wasn't pretty important to me. The, the, the team started drinking, and, and uh, food kind of lost of its, its importance. You know, drinking was a lot of fun. It was 1966, and uh, these other things came along, you know, and, and I kind of lost interest in drinking. And I can fast forward a number of years. The... Uh, <laughs> my sponsor Jim, he, uh, he, he says, you know, none of us are unique, you know, but I mean, you do have a, a few things that probably most people in OA don't have. You know, most people in OA didn't turn 21 in prison, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's like, uh, you know, and some of the meetings I go to, that's like people brag about that. I'm, uh, I, I, and I did when I, when I was new in another fellowship and I came. I ended up being a speaker at a meeting uh, once. This, um, this guy I'd been going to meetings with for years, he got the speakers for uh, other meetings, and, and he asked me to come and speak at his meeting, and I, and I told my story, a condensed version of what it was like, and he was disgusted. You know, I mean, I was a criminal, and he was a superior court judge. I, and, and it, it didn't fly. So anyway, I'm, uh, I'm 16 years old, and, and I started doing these other things, and... and uh, it's like my life spun out of control pretty fast, and and and, uh, and it's not that it ever slowed me down. That I mean, I was uh, at my lowest weight, I was 124 pounds. At my highest weight, I was 340 pounds, and and uh, had no clue about anything. And I, I remember the the last time that I was at my heaviest, uh, I couldn't believe it. It was like I had gotten in trouble. Uh, and I had been, I, I got to where, I, it seemed like every time I left the house, I went to jail. And I thought, well, I'm just not going to leave the house anymore. And they started coming to the house to pick me up. And uh, I had to go to court. And I remember I had been living in my sweats. Uh, you know, sweats, and I slept in my shoes because uh, just in the grip of fear all the time, didn't know what was going to happen. And, and uh, so anyway, I had to get dressed, cleaned up to go to court, and nothing fit. And, and I thought, how I can't believe all my clothes shrank at the same time. I didn't wash them all at the same time. And, uh, oh, man. Um, I, I got 12-stepped in, into this other uh, uh, fellowship. And I remember uh, this guy, I kept trying to tell him, you know, it's not that bad. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just about to get it together. And this guy would just, I mean, he was, his eyes would sparkle and he would laugh, you know. And I would, I would lie right to his face and he would laugh. And... And he gave it to me right from the book, his story, what it used to be like, what happened, what it's like today, and he's trying to help me. And uh, I remember thinking at the time, it's, it's like, uh, this guy is sincere, he doesn't want nothing from me. It's, you know, it wasn't the first time somebody had tried to help me. It, uh, I was pretty much in the grip of it, and, and he would say things like, uh, you know, what you're doing isn't living. Or he'd say, you don't have to do this anymore. And so here I am, put, put it in perspective for you, I, I had, uh, from the time I was 16, I, it seemed like I couldn't do anything wrong when it came to making money. Now, fast forward 20-some uh, years, and here I am, I'm living at Mom's, I'm riding a stolen bicycle, uh, I'm on methadone maintenance, and, and uh, I had gone from uh, having a heroin and cocaine habit to I thought if I could just switch to alcohol, I could stay out of trouble. And uh, I just became a heroin and cocaine addict that happened to be drunk, and and, and, uh, and I ate. It was like 
it, it got to the point where I could no longer get euphoria with substances, but food was readily available. It's reasonably priced. If all else fails, you can steal it. Uh, at, and bulk. I mean, I was a bulk eater. You know, some people have these little things, little delicacies and stuff. I was just bulk. You know, I'm like the gallon pudding at, at uh, Sam's Club or something. You know, every <laughs> big stuff, you know. And, and uh, so anyway, I, I, this guy, he, he keeps asking me if I'd like to check out a meeting. And uh, finally one day I said, yeah, you know, I'm about ready to check it out. And, and he, he said, oh, really? He said, let me go up front and tell him I'll be gone for a while. And I said, oh, I didn't mean right now. I mean, I'm about ready to check it out. But I got some real important stuff to do right now. And uh, so the day came, so here I am, uh, uh, we had these brief moments of clarity, brief moments of clarity, and here, I picture a guy that weighs 340 pounds riding a, a 10-speed, you know, a, race, a French racing bike, a really nice one, and like the spokes are popping from on so heavy, and like I say, I'm living at mom, she's trying to get rid of me, she doesn't know how. And I'm on methadone maintenance. I'm going to the methadone clinic every morning in the dark because I'm scared shitless something will happen and I won't get my medication. And, and I'm just eating. That's what I do all day. I, I lie there in the dark. I get my dose. I go home. And, and it's like I just ate. I would make like a stack of uh, toast. And some of it would have butter. And some of it would have butter and jelly. And a, like a salad bowl of cereal and with half and half on it. And I would just eat for a couple of hours, just massive, and uh, brief moments of clarity, you know, where you, you suspect something is wrong. And, and uh, <laughs> I remember it was, uh, I was riding this, and by the, I didn't mention before that the, the bicycle I had been riding, it was stolen, of all things. That I'm riding this bicycle to the methadone clinic. It's dark and it's raining. I'm pissed off because I forgot to steal an umbrella. And, and, uh, and, uh, and I ride by this little strip mall and there, there's a guy and, and uh, there's all these cops around. There's this guy who's handcuffed and he's face down in this puddle trying to keep his head up out of the water. And I went, and I'm a pretty shrewd guy and I realized what the deal was. He robbed the donut shop. I thought, what a loser. How far can a cop be from a donut shop? And, and, you know, and I, as I'm riding by 340 pounds on this bicycle with spokes that are popping, I'm looking down my nose at him, thinking, what a loser. And, and I thought, you know what, I'm not doing so hot either. And, uh, so anyway, the uh, the guy that was 12-stepping me worked at the methadone clinic, and, and uh, finally the day came. I, I don't remember the details. I remember it was about 11 o'clock in the morning, and... and uh, I must have had something good to wake up to, but uh, I went in and I got my medication and this guy asked me, uh, uh, he, he said, no, if you go right now, it'll be early for the meeting I told you about. And I said, okay. And I mean, we were both surprised. But off I went to this meeting and, and uh, you know, it, it was an NA meeting and, and they suggest that you come to your first meeting clean. If you can't work it out that way, try again next time. And, and my story was it was two years. I didn't go in and out. It was just two years before the light bulb went off. And, uh, so there I am, and, and I've got a sponsor, and, and I'm started on the steps, and and uh, I remember um, I had 45 days, and I was writing my inventory, and I had some old timers telling me I was trying to do it too fast. This isn't a race. I'd been watching these guys for a couple of years already, and I thought, well, 
You know, it may not be a race for you. You're sitting around with your thumb up your butt, but i got to get everything I can between me and the last one. It's a race for me. And I committed myself to taking 12, all 12 steps and, and uh, not make any other big decisions. Just just do it and see what happened. And, and uh, So anyway, I'm writing my inventory. And my poor sponsor, he was uh, younger than me, never met anybody like me. I would tell him the stuff I was doing, and he would just start shaking. And I remember we I went to this noon meeting that he went to, and afterwards I told him, I said, well, I made a decision. And he goes, what is it? And I go, I don't have enough money to pay all my bills, so I'm not going to pay any of my bills. I've reserved an airplane for the afternoon. I'm going to go flying. And he said, I'm not going to so co-sign some crap like that. And I said, well, I just thought I'd let you know. So off I rode on my stolen bicycle, and I got hit by a truck. And uh, my four-step went flying all over the intersection. The paramedics picked up as much of it as they could and took me to the hospital, and they threw my mangled bicycle in with me. And, and uh, I got out of the hospital, and I remember telling my sponsor, uh, I, he said, what's wrong? I, I go, I lost some of my resentments. And, 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 you know, and, <laughs> he says, do you remember what they were? And I go, no. And I was all frustrated. He, he said, it's a freebie. You don't have them anymore. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, but things started to happen. That's the reason I'm including all this other uh, part, uh, this other fellowship in my story, is that is that's where something happened. As I remember, I was on step eight. And the same uh, noon meeting, we uh, walked, after the meeting, we walked about 50 feet to get in the shade, and I had my eight-step list. I had shared my inventory with him. I didn't intentionally hold anything back, and, and I gave it all to him. And then I get to step eight, and I was being pretty shrewd again, and I go, oh, man, i got to do a lot of stuff. i better keep this list as short as possible. And so I write this silly little list, and, and we walk about 50 feet, and I hand it to him, and he looked like he drank some spoiled milk or something because he had already heard my inventory and and, and uh, he says, "Well, uh, this might be a good start, but I don't see you on this list." I go, well, "What do you mean?" He goes, "What do I mean? We just walked about 50 feet. And you're dripping sweat. You're bright red. You're gasping for air. You're always sniffling about your knees and, and your back hurt. You weigh over. You weigh well over 300 pounds. You're riding a stolen bicycle still. You're living at your mom's. You're doing your own dental work with a Dremel tool in her garage." He said, "Look what you've done to yourself." I go, "I gotta get a new sponsor." But I went home and I started and, I, and and you know I, I had had some old timers tell me don't think about yourself you know you're all you ever thought about but uh, this is what my sponsor told me to do he said you stole thirty years from yourself you almost killed yourself he said you're at the top of the list and, I, and that's what I did and, and he gave me a specific formula to go through he, he had said he didn't know anything about OA but uh, he had made some helpful suggestions he saw me we were at a potluck once I remember and he saw me stacking the food up and he goes uh, you know here's an idea put that plate back and get one of these little plates and then when you stack it up like that it won't be as much food anyway but it'll still look like a lot and then another time I remember him saying, step away from the donuts. And uh, that was, that was and, and, and you know what, that was good information because I had some old timers telling me, don't worry about it, first things first, the outsides don't matter, it's an inside job. And, and I would look in the mirror and say, it matters to me, I'm disgusted with myself in every way, I want to change in every way. And... Uh, so I, I, he kept coming up with these trick questions. He, he said, like, uh, so what do you want to do with the rest of your life? 
I don't know. I mean, what would I know? You know, I mean, this was not what I had in mind when I came to my first meeting. You know, I just wanted to, like, get the heat off. And, and uh, he said, well, did you ever have a dream that fell by the wayside when you're on methadone maintenance? And I said, yeah, I, I fell in love when I was 16. I got involved with airplanes, and, and I wanted to, like, uh, go to school and, and get my mechanics, uh, my licenses to be a mechanic, airframe and power plant mechanic. And... And he said, I, why don't you do that? I, I said, I can't do that. He said, why not? I said, I don't know. I just can't. And I had just beaten myself down for so long. And he said, from, from what I've seen so far, I'm sure you can do that. And he encouraged me to do it. And I did it. And, uh, you know, I, I went to school. Uh, another time he, uh, he mentioned, um, you know, I, I was always sniveling about it. My knees hurt, my back hurt, and I, and, and I couldn't sleep at night. And, and he, he said, well, you know, I, Maybe you could like join a gym or something and wear yourself out, you know, and you'd lose some weight and and uh, you know you'd be able you'll tire yourself out and you'll be able to sleep and and I did that. There there was this one guy I remember that um, we called him. I called him the Hulk. He was a lifelong athlete and he was just like a fire plug. You know, his, his name's Danny. You know, and if he was walking away from you, he said, "Hey, Danny," he couldn't look all over his shoulder. He had to shuffle around like this. And uh, so one day after meeting, I, I go, hey, Danny, it looks like you work out. And he goes, uh, no shit. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, he says, I'm going to the gym right now. If you want to go with me, I'll, I'll take you. And so I went with him, and they give you the sales pitch. And, and uh, he just lent me $5 to join. I got to sign a three-year contract. And at that point, I, I didn't plan on being around for three years. I didn't care what I signed. And, and, uh, but I did it. And I, I did it. And... Meanwhile, I'm going to school every day, working on getting my mechanics licenses. Uh, I, I started, uh, I didn't do the things for the right reasons necessarily. I knew I wanted to get rid of a lot of weight, and I knew I didn't want to eat less. So I looked into nutrition a little bit. I wanted to find out what I could eat huge amounts of and, and, and still lose weight. And, uh, and you know what? To this day, I tell guys, it, you know, it's nice to do things for the right reason, but if you get results, we can sort it out later and maybe, maybe tune it up a little bit. You know? But uh, results matter. So... Uh, so anyway, the, the weight comes off, and my life is just changing in every way. I, I, uh, I finish school. I, I go to work. I, I, was like, I had ink on my arms. I remember I was at, at work one day, and, and working in a short sleeve shirt, working on a really nice airplane. And the owner was standing back, and, and it was like, I don't know if he was looking at me or not, but because I'm the center of the universe, he's obviously looking at me, and he doesn't look happy, and I'm thinking he's looking at my arms, the ink, you know, and I got all self-conscious, and... There was this girl that I had seen at meetings, and she had been sleeved, but everything was disappearing. And, and I asked her one night, I go, are you, like, grinding that stuff off or something? And, and, and she goes, no, I go to this uh, Beckman Laser Institute. You know, they give you, especially if you have any gang tattoos, they, they give you a, a set price uh, for every treatment, and, and they'll take as many, do, hit everything you want. You know? and so I go in there, and... and the equipment is much better today. Back back then, it was big, clunky, noisy equipment. And, and I remember I asked her, does it hurt? And, and, and she goes, no. And so I go in there. They give me a price. And, you know, and I'm thinking, man, I don't make very much. That's a lot of money. And, and, and they said, well, you want to get started today? I said, yeah. And they, they go, well, how much do you want to do today? And I said, I'm paying cash. Hit it all. And they go, all of it at once? I go, like I said, I'm paying cash. Let's go. And, and this nurse comes in and she says, uh, 
She says, okay. She shaves my arms. And she says, I just want to get you ready. You know, what to expect. There's, there's going to be some noise. You know, it's going to sound like bacon cooking or something. You know, and I'm thinking, okay. And she says, there's going to be a little smell like something's burning. And I'm getting a little apprehensive at this point. And, and, and the doctor comes in and he says, uh, he says, I can give you something for pain. I go, I don't do that shit anymore. And, and uh, he says, so what are we doing today? I said, hit it all. I'm paying cash. He says, okay, and he lowers his welding helmet, and I'm thinking, (laughs) oh, man, you know, and I'm sucking it up, and and I walk out of there, and I drive this little car with no power steering and a stick shift, and and, and I'm wrapped up like a mummy, man, and I'm hoping I don't have tears in the corner of my eyes, you know, and I'm walking there thinking, how am I going to drive home? And I'm thinking, that girl lied. She said it didn't hurt, man. And I come to find out, they tell you, come back in six weeks. In about two weeks, you're ready to go again, but it takes like six weeks to forget how much it hurts is the deal. <laughs> but they, in case you're thinking about getting any removed, the equipment's much better now. So anyway, I, it's like every area of my life got, got better. The weight comes off, and until I got to OA, I had never heard the term, but basically what I was doing was I heard people refer to it as exercise bulimia. Like go to hometown buffet for lunch and stay for dinner, you know, there's a, a, a certain point where they bring out the good stuff, and, and I had started, it was like it was becoming a losing battle, I had started running marathons, and, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was like really hard, I mean, I, it's like a normal day would be like lift weights for an hour, swim a mile, run five miles, and, and it's like I'm, I'm starting to have a lot of back pain, and, and, and it's like, Man, I'm losing the battle too. You know, it's like the weight's coming back on. I started hearing some useful information in the NA meetings. That I heard somebody say, you know, they talked about throwing up, and I, and I thought, yeah, I, I could do that, no problem. You know, and then I heard somebody else talk about, you know, right before you eat, you take a couple of packages of X-Lax, and I thought, now that's, a, I mean, there's a drugstore right next to the hometown buffet. That's, and then they ruined it for me. They told me, oh, well, there's some problems with the acid from your stomach and stuff. And about that time, I got 12-step into Overeaters Anonymous. A, a friend of mine in an NA meeting, I, I'd seen him, like he, like he got inflated and deflated, and I assumed that he was uh, getting clean and getting loaded. And get, uh, you know, but I, I asked him finally, I, I, and, and he said, no, I, uh, I've been going to Overeaters Anonymous meetings. And, and he had gotten small and stayed small. And, and, uh, and you know, he gave me a meeting directory, and, and I thought, I oh, you know, you know, uh, I, I invited my sister. My sister is, she's never had a problem with drugs or alcohol, but she's heavy and she's really unhappy. Her life's a mess. And, and I, had, uh, I, I thought maybe, it, uh, maybe I would take her to an Al-Anon meeting. And, and I'm not saying anything bad about Al-Anon, but the one meeting that I checked out, it was really sad. And I didn't want to take my sister there. And, and so then I, I heard about OA and I thought, there might be some information there for me, you know, I'm losing the battle, and, and, and I'll, I'll, it'll be a 12-step call on her. And so anyway, we go to this OA meeting, and it was, uh, you know, any meeting where people gather together to try and do the deal is good, but um, it was the blind leading the blind. You know, I mean, I the guy that was like the guru at that meeting didn't know his way around the big book or anything, and I was happy to show him some stuff. But, but he did. He told he told us about this meeting in Laguna Woods, the uh, 100-pounders emphasis meeting on Sunday night. And my sister and I went down there and checked it out. And right away, I, I just heard people telling my story. And 
we start, we would go there every week together. We'd have the meeting before the meeting and the meeting after the meeting. And my sister got a sponsor and got busy with the steps. She's doing her reading and writing every day. And the weight came off and her life improved dramatically. And, and, uh, and for me too. And, and, uh, I mean, it was, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful time. We'd never gotten along very well. And that was a good time to spend together. And then, uh, her, uh, she's been, always been very active in our church, and our church bought this package uh, where they try to help everybody. They, it's like a blend of Christianity and the 12 steps, and they, they have like classes for uh, drug addiction, alcohol, smokers, anger management, and, and, uh, and uh, overeating, and, and they wanted her to be in charge of the compulsive overeaters. And it was like, if you've ever been involved with another 12-step fellowship, you've probably seen it too, is just out the, you know, out the door on uh, wings of religious zeal, so to speak. But, I mean, she had, uh, everybody in my family has got a control issue, but, I mean, now she had a classroom full of people that she was in control of. And, you know, she no longer had time for OA, and just her life spun out of control, the weight came back on, and, oh, well, I, uh, my weight has gone up and down uh, in Overeaters Anonymous. I ran marathons at 202. Uh, this last year, my weight went up to 226, and I'm down to 210 right now. And, and one of the meetings I go to, the guy that uh, uh, brought me to Overeaters Anonymous, he's part of a group called uh, the Pizza Box Group. And they, being thin is above spiritual progress or anything else. Thin is, thin is the goal. And... Uh, I'm not thin. You know, I'm, I'm, I weigh 210 pounds. And I had somebody come right out and tell me there, you know, you need to lose 20 pounds. And I go, oh, thanks for the information. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, maybe I will be thinner. I, I, don't, I don't know what the future holds right now. Some things going on in my life. I'm, I'm happy to be treading water. You know, my mom's 96 years old, and, and it's my obligation and my responsibility, and, and, and I'm living up to it, taking care of her. You know, it's hard on my wife. My wife didn't know this was going to be uh, part of the deal. You know, my sister uh, is out of control. She's eating herself to death, and she insists on coming over every day. Uh, and, uh, oh, my gosh, I never connected money with food. You know, compared to drugs and alcohol, food was just inconsequential. But, man, it was, it's like uh, when I see how much my sister eats and I'm paying for it, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. You know, and uh, two months ago, the, when I got hit by a truck, uh, that was 13 years ago, and uh, my back pain got worse and worse over the years. The last couple of years, it was just unbearable. It, uh, I had, uh, I, I knew there was going to be a surgery in the future, but I kept putting it off one thing after another. I, I had, after I had gotten my licenses to work on airplanes and went to work, my back was bothering me so much that I thought, you know, maybe I should go back to school, you know, at, at night. And, and uh, there's, there were Saturday classes also. And I thought, you know, I didn't think I could get this far. But uh, I went to a back to Orange Coast College where I had gotten my mechanic certificates, and, and uh, I got an Associates of Arts degree in one year. I took a really heavy load, and uh, they, they let me use some of my credits as, as electives. And, but anyway, and I got five scholarships, and, and that was a big deal to me because I was pretty low bottom. But they gave me five scholarships, and I was able to go to California State University of Los Angeles to get a, a Bachelor of Science degree in Aviation Administration. And, and uh, 
I wanted to put the surgery off till I finished school, and, and uh, I was just about to graduate with my bachelor's, and, and uh, I got called into the dean's office, the dean of the engineering department, and, and he had my grades up on on his computer, and he said, you know, the way you do things, Bob, I'm willing to sponsor you into graduate school right now. And, and it's funny now, because I didn't know what graduate school was. I, I said, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, great. And I remember walking out of there and going, what the hell? And all, I, I went home, and, and I'm telling my wife, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to graduate school. I got invited today. And she says, what is it? I go, I don't know. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I just never had any reason to know what it was. And, and uh, it, it's a master's degree, and, and uh, I... And when I started asking questions, I, I found out, oh, my gosh, I need to write a thesis, and it, and it gets leather-bound, and it's going to be on the shelf in the library. And, and, but I was able to do that, and, and, uh, and there was always something. Putting off the surgery, it's just because you got to, like, take off a chunk of, of your life. And, and um, a few months ago, I realized my mom's 96, and, and, and she's winding down, and, and it's like I need to be there when something happens. I can't, I can't like, be in the hospital or be recuperating. And, and I scheduled this surgery, and, and uh, yeah, I really miscalculated this. I, I thought, oh, man, a week in the hospital, that's, i got a high-stress job, I earn a good living, but this is going to be like a vacation, you know. You know, put her around the house for, oh, my gosh, I missed, oh, man. I mean, when I came out of the operating room, they woke me up as a whole. But, uh, so anyway, I didn't get to do all that stuff, and I'm just now, it's just been two months, and I'm just now getting to do physical therapy and stuff. And it's just ironic that I'm watching my sister eat herself to death. You know, now that I'm home every day and I'm still buying the groceries and I see how much she eats. And I, you know, there's been times in the past where I held my tongue with people and then when they died or, or something like that, I, I wished I had said something. And, and just uh, a few weeks ago, I told my sister, I said, you know, it's, it's really hard on me watching you kill yourself. And, and my brother had done me, done that with me over drugs. He, he told me he couldn't stand watching me kill myself and he wasn't going to do it anymore and he just cut me off. So anyway, I told my sister, you know, I'm just, I, it's really hurting me to watch you kill yourself. You won't come back to OA. And and, uh, and she said, I'm an adult. I can take care of myself. And I said, I, well, I don't think that's true. You know, I mean, it's like I give you an allowance every week. I buy all the groceries um, and you and, uh, and you know this this really got to me, and, and, and it was just the last week or so where I let go of it. But uh, but it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting right now, and, and I have made good use of this time because I do my reading and write every writing every day, and, and I'm doing I'm cycling through the steps again. I've got a couple of guys uh, that are taking the steps with me, and. I'll tell you something that I'm never going to say again. When, when guys would, uh, when they would be doing their step work, they'd say, how much should I write? I'd say, well, it's impossible to write too much, but you can write too little. Oh, my gosh. There's a guy right now that is a voluminous writer. Uh, and I, I have to carry, like, uh, two Bluetooth earpieces in my truck because he will talk until one goes dead. And I have to put the other one in. And, and I keep telling myself, you know, this early on in the program, I said, you know, I, I, part of my making amends is for the rest of my life, I need to be of service. And, uh, you know, my sponsor says we don't fire anybody. They fire themselves. You know, we just make ourselves available. You know, so when somebody's doing the work, that's, that's just what we do. And life, life is really good today. Like I was saying, I don't run, I don't run anymore, period. When I went to this uh, surgeon, I, I, I was pretty sure I found the right guy because he said, uh, my wife asked him, he, 
He said, thank you. My wife asked him, um, now if Bob does this surgery, will he be pain-free? And can you guarantee he'll be pain-free? And this guy said, any surgeon that promises you you're going to be pain-free, you need to find another surgeon. And, and I was really impressed because this guy never even suggested surgery. I, I had to keep, I kept asking him questions and, and he, uh, he, and I got to the point where I said, well, I want to do this. And he, he said, well, Come back in a week and write up a bunch of questions you want to ask me and make sure they're written out. And, and I created a Word document and made copies of it so we could all sit there in his office and, and get answers to questions. And I, I, I tried to badger him into answering them, giving me the answers I wanted. I kept, like, when will I be able to go back to work? And, and I wanted him to say, like, a month or two, but he's saying, like, six months. And then, I'm saying, well, like in a month or two, can I go like on light duty? And I realize I'm trying to make this guy lie to me. You know, it's like, I mean, this is what he does. He's done this thousands of times. So anyway, I get to do physical therapy now. It's progressing nicely. For the first time, uh, Thursday was the first time in over two months I was able to do a cardio workout. I did the elliptical trainer. You know, this is, I, I knew I was done running, but the, the surgeon said, "Why would after everything you've been through, why would you want to pound your spine like that anyway?" So I, I go and see him next week, and hopefully I will uh, be. I'm going to ask him about cycling. It's, it's like a, I'd like to get a good bike and start riding. What I'm doing today, uh, um, I, I go to a. Thursday night, I go to the pizza box meeting, the uh, pizza box away meeting. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's, it's, um, it, I hope no, none of them are in the room, but it's kind of like a cult. That <laughs> 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 they, um, there's a timer, and, and when you, uh, when you, it goes off first, you got a minute to wrap it off, and then it goes off again, and if you keep talking, they hold up an empty pizza box, and, and <laughs> <laughs> it's like, give it the program or you will eat again, and, uh, but they, um, you know, and I, I, I don't fit in, like I say, for one thing, I'm not thin, they're all very big on being like, uh, fashion model thin, and, and I'm not, and that's not at the top of my list, that, that, um, I, uh, I was talking to a friend today, uh, I said, you know, it's, it's, it's like I tell new guys when I go, or when I go on a panel, I tell them, you know, if you're in a treatment facility or a halfway house or something like that, and somebody can pick you up and take you to a meeting, just go to any 12-step meeting and, and, and just identify as, you know, just, you know, if you go to an OA meeting, you're a compulsive overeater. If you go to an AA meeting, you're an alcoholic. If you go to an NA meeting, you're an addict. You know, don't. I mean, if you need help, the last thing you need to do is alienate people. You know, so just keep the language straight, and uh, and and that's what I do. I, I but I, uh, I when I go to the pizza box meeting, it's it's like I just go to that meeting. You know, and and, and they have some pretty specific things they do. And I went. Uh, I, I was doing some uh, step work with a guy, and, and we had ended up being, because we, we both eat at El Pollo Loco, and, and all these guys from the pizza box group were eating there, and, and it was it's like I've come to find out they eat several meetings together a week, and, and uh, there, was, there was one guy in Orange County that, um, he was a very motivating guy. He could have been like a, a motivational speaker. He was very successful financially, and, and he hired people that, that, uh, from, from within the group. And, and uh, he had a very strong personality, and he, he started a bunch of these little customs that just drive me up the wall. You know, they, it's uh, the, the Thursday night meeting that I go to. It's it's, uh, it's a step study, and the meeting provides the little big books, and. Uh, 
at 7.40 when the reading is done, people take the big book and throw it into the center of the room. And I just like, I cringe, you know. That's, uh, to me, the big book is a, a product of divine inspiration. I just would never throw that book, you know. And, um, oh, well, you know, that's... Uh, they, uh, and if you make the mistake of saying hope in your pitch, everybody shouts out, hope! And the first time it happens, it's like, well, it's you know, I, I see new people around and they just come on the hinge. They can't even talk anymore after that. And, you know, and they, uh, and they, um, you know, at the end, uh, it's, it's always the Lord's Prayer. And, and when it comes to the part about evil, there, there's uh, all the original pizza box guys will say, evil. And I just, yeah, it's a beautiful prayer. Like, why do we need to do that? Huh? And, uh, you know what? I'm not here to change anything. I'm here to change. And thanks for letting me share with you guys. Okay, so I have some hearing loss. I'm wearing hearing aids. If we do some questions, please make sure I hear you. Well, can you talk about, um, uh, thank you very much. Uh, can you talk about your spiritual life with the higher power? My spiritual, yes, my spiritual life with the higher power. Um, my sponsor, Jim Fairbairn, um, I, I admire him. He can do his pitch and it just resonates and he doesn't, he doesn't, it's like he doesn't even have time to talk about what it was like or what happened. He's just got so much uh, uh, spiritual food. And and, and, uh, I, and I, I kind of irritate the guys at the pizza box because I'll tell them, to me, the, the solution is spiritual. And while I acknowledge that Overeaters Anonymous has specific mechanical things that, that are helpful, you know, like making three phone calls a day, reading the big book, five pages, and, and writing about it, and calling your sponsor, calling. All, all that is really very good, useful tools. But I, I, I see some of the people in the group, they, they actually think that, okay, well, where's my spiritual awakening? I took all 12 steps. I gave up the weight. You know, where's my spiritual awakening? And I'm like, uh, my experience is every time I cycle through the steps, I mean, I know exactly what I want to change, how much I want to change, and I want to change that now, and it has never been like that. I cycle through the steps again, I make spiritual progress, and I realize later on when I get some uh, reprieve from some of my negative behavior, I'll be like, whoa, you know, that's, uh, that's a good thing. That's, I think early on I, uh, I had to adopt what other people were saying, what God was for them, and I mean, and I started questioning, you know, some of the stuff I was saying is it flies in the face of reason and logic. And, I mean, I, I do believe in miracles. I, I don't have to see every everything in black and white and nuts and bolts. But um, but I, some of the stuff I was saying, like, I, I mean, if I take them to the logical conclusion, uh, if I have a day where all the lights are green, oh, God loves me. But if I start hitting red lights, well, God doesn't love me. So I had to like revisit that, and, and uh, man, I came. I, I, I came to, for me. It's, it's kind of a fuzzy thing, I guess you'd say. My higher power is uh, it's like a positive force that is churning forward, and if I make use of the steps, shape shape my life around the steps, I can like step out into the flow and be pulled forward into by this invisible force. And I have the free will to step out and do anything I want. And good luck of whether or not I can make it back. I don't know if I answered that question. Yes. Thank you for your share. 
you talked a little bit about your struggle with uh, exercise bulimia. Once you got into the program, did you start exercising regularly, and how did you yes. do that? Yes, I, I, I achieved some uh, uh, moderation, which is something foreign to me. And I've got like um, my uh, my Thursday uh, today. I did a cardio workout. I just I was only a 12 minute cardio workout. But normally I would do 30 minutes of cardio, and I've got a little circuit I do with weights and, and machines. And uh, I, I, I don't I don't have any desire to get big. I want to maintain the strength I have because I do a lot of climbing around. And uh, I just it's, it's I want to improve my life quality and, and maintain my health. When I was in school, one of the classes I took was about the physiological effects of exercise on aging. And um, some of the things that happen as you age are going to happen if you, if you don't die. But there's a lot you can do to uh, delay the onset. Like um, something that happens when you age is you start to lose your inner ear balance. And if you haven't been doing anything to maintain your muscle mass and strength, uh, the first time you lose your balance, you realize you don't have enough strength to catch your balance. So you see people, they start taking shorter steps with their feet further apart. And if they don't do any range of motion exercises, they end up being bent over. And if they should fall down, something breaks where you can, you can if, if you do resistance training, you thicken your bones from the inside. You know, if you do range of motion, you can stay upright. Uh, you can't do anything about your inner ear balance, but it's... Uh, you know, my mom's 96. I got the genes. I got a shot at living a long life. I'm 59 right now. I don't want to be, you know, on crutches or in a wheelchair. So, yes, I, 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 I moderate now. Like five days a week. I work out five days a week, but in less than an hour. I'm pretty efficient about it. I'm sorry, say again? What were some of the habits you cultivated or some of the things that you did when you were new that set you on the right path? Uh, read at least five pages of the big book every day. Change the words uh, from alcohol to food, drink to compulsive overeating. Um, write about what I got and, uh, and the five pages. Call my sponsor, call in my food, have a food plan, stick to it. If I can't get something that's on my food plan, I call in before I change it. Be of service and attend meetings regularly. Uh, thank you very much.